The Toronto Blue Jays are in a dire stretch as the calendar is about to turn to September. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 129 of Buds and Blue Jays. This is your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And after taking an episode off, Riley, we are back. And I'd love to say we are back with a vengeance here, but the Blue Jays simply are not playing well against teams they should beat. We just lost two out of three to the Cleveland Guardians, and honestly, some of them in heartbreaking fashion. In games, we should have won. So we'll get to that in this episode here. Talk about what is going to happen to this team. Do we have what it takes to get forward? And plus, we're going to talk about good player performances from Eric, or not Eric Swanson, from Davis Schneider, George Springer, others. We've got a bunch of fun stuff on this episode here, Riley. But I want to start this episode here today, Riley, with just a simple question. True or false? The Toronto Blue Jays are going to be a playoff team this year. And you put me right on the stand first dialogue of this episode and i'm going to i'm going to say as of right now with the way we've been playing i'm going to say no wow. it can happen i'm wow. gonna say i this hey this is a blue jays friendly podcast but i'm not gonna sit here and for the people who listen and watch the pod i'm not gonna sit here and lie to your face and say oh i'm so confident that we can turn this around because jesse the way we have been playing as of late has just like it's so – and first of all, you want to talk about a heartbreaking loss today. When you take a lead like, when you take a lead like that in the fashion we did and then lose it in the 11th, um, you know, probably wasn't, wasn't managed good on the pitching side. We can blame it on that. You can blame it on, um, you know, possibly a, a, a base runner being out at third, probably shouldn't have gone. Uh, in you know in extra innings there's a lot of you can point fingers all you want but Jesse it's this we play a team like Cleveland and on paper we're we should beat them we weren't facing we Tristan we McKenzie we weren't facing prime Shane Bieber um my hats off to the Guardians pitchers they they they're they're far above what they should be these guys that were in AAA probably 16 months ago, at least for the most part, a lot like the three starters and whatever. But I mean, man, Jesse, like we have to win that series. We have to win that series. We're we're two games back, two and a half games back of a wild card spot right now. Like Jesse, we can make the playoffs, but we sure. simply just can't put forth this effort right now. I mean, we've been making errors, man. We've been giving up home runs. We've been giving, we gave up four, three or four, I think it was four home runs in, in game one uh, to, to the guardians. And their yeah. team, I think <laughs> like the, 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 either the bottom team in the major leagues or the bottom team in the American league at, you know, their home run total. So just things like that, man, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. I don't know what the Jays did to the baseball gods. I thought we'd been making a lot of steps in the right direction. Jesse, as of right this second, it's Sunday night recording after a 10-7 loss in the 11th inning uh, to Cleveland. Like, as in, as of right now, like, this team's going to have to turn it around next week for me to believe that we're going to make the postseason. We're simply not good enough right now. Yeah, I got some numbers to back this up, Riley. Uh, according to Fangraphs, Fangraphs playoff odds right now, Riley, it is a 50.7% chance that the Blue Jays make the playoffs. I think that number was as high as 70-something, maybe even low 80s just a month ago. So the Blue Jays have really been in a free fall. And honestly, Riley, it really does make sense. If you look at the whole roster course of the season, like we're going to talk about it later in the episode, but Vladdy finally hit his 20th home run. I think he had 30-something at this point last year. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, the pitching has been phenomenal. And at the start, 
start of the year, coming into the year, if you told me Jose Brios is going to bounce back, Yusei Kikuchi might get Cy Young votes, for goodness sake, we would have been like, the Blue Jays are a 100-win team. Like, we've got this no problem. But the fact it just hasn't, and we've had some very disappointing players' performances across the board, which really have um, really stampered this team, Riley. I still believe, I still think, on paper, the Toronto Blue Jays do have a good enough team here that they will and should squeeze into that last wild card spot and make the playoffs. Even if that is the case, though, Riley, I think our expectations coming into the year was that this team should be winning an AL East title this year, not battling tooth and nail with these teams for the last and final wild card spot. So I would say this season's been a disappointing one, but I still have some hope that we can turn it around. I think we, when you look in terms of wins and losses in regular seasons, I think I think this key team comes up shy of 90 wins, and that's that's a failure. That's I tough, think that yes. I, I think this team maybe not destined for 100 wins, but I think this team's destined for maybe 95 wins. And we've had like that, a even with, that seems high, right? Like 95, yeah. we'd have to play damn good baseball to get that. Well, and we with the guys like, with the guys in this clubhouse, Jesse, we it could have we if if Alec Manoa doesn't decide to fall off a cliff right if if you know we actually have a if we actually like i'm not saying have 30 home runs right now but if like i tweeted out today because i was it was kind of a little bit salty like when vladi this home run like as a team yeah we're probably hitting home runs but you look at the guys individually i think springer's having a kind of a renaissance of a year. I think George Springer has been tremendous all year. We'll, we'll touch on him a little more later. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think like guys, like there's underperformers and there's overperformers. Like, I mean, it, but it, it outweighs one another. Like there's more people underperforming than there is meeting expectations or overperforming. Boy, if this team does not make the playoffs, Riley, we are going to have a very different conversation about this team going into the offseason and all that stuff. Let's hope and pray that that is not the case because that is not going to be a fun offseason for us and for the Toronto Blue Jays. Riley, John Schneider gave a quote, I think, after game one of this series that basically said, it's time to go. Like, it's it's time to put the pressure on. It's time to go. Kevin Gosman mimicked something similar, saying things like, this team is too talented. This team has all the players in the right pieces to go. We need to go on a run and now. I think we've kind of already touched on it a little bit, but losing this series against Cleveland hurts. How confident are you that the Blue Jays can actually go on a run here? I'm Jesse from what we talked to pre pod. I'm quite confident that we can go on a run, okay. but we, it basically like, I'm not saying have a players only meeting and say, listen, guys, like we've dropped the ball because I don't know who's taking ownership and who's yeah. not. That, and that's At the problem, point, right? Like, yeah, do they not have but, a guy in the clubhouse who can do that? Someone's got to. I, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's got to be Springer. I don't know if it's got to be Chapman. I don't know if it's got to be one of the young guys. But you basically have to say, look, look around the league, look at the competition. We're almost in September. We have a good run of schedule where we can really win some ball games. Like it's now or never. Because it after is. the next three, like I'll I'll be honest, in 15 days, I think we'll have a really good idea where we're gonna stand. Uh, come the 39th of September or whatever it is, whenever the regular season ends, like I I think this next half month, like is like if we go if 500 simply Jesse simply put 500 ball is not good enough over right. these next four or five series. Like we really need to amp up our level of play. Mm -hmm. So I guess before we wrap up and we really get deep into the series that just was on a scale of one to 10 confidence level, the Toronto Blue Jays will be playing October baseball. Five. It's, 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 a, it's a five right now. They give the odds in Vegas or whatever, a uh, 50.9%. I can't say I, I, I can't say 509 out of a thousand. So five out of 10 for me.
My brain says seven. My heart says three, Riley. So that's... Uh, we'll meet in the middle at five apiece, buddy. Sounds good. All right. Uh, leave a comment below for the guys watching on YouTube. How confident are you guys in that the Toronto Blue Jays are going to make the playoffs this year? Because they are going to need to make some turnarounds and quick. Let's dive into the series against Cleveland because there was still some positives to come out of this series as well. And we'll start getting into the game recaps. Game one, the Blue Jays lost this one five to two. They took a run early thanks to a George Springer home run. But then Chris Bassett gave up two home runs of his own, a solo shot to Bo Naylor and a two-run shot to Ramon Laureano, who had a very good series, not only this one, but last time the Blue Jays played Cleveland. He added another RBI later. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit a home run to um, get the Blue Jays closer, but ultimately were not able to get it done as the Blue Jays fall 5-2, to two, mustering only six hits in the process. Game two, the Blue Jays needed a win, and they came out of the bats early after giving up a run in the top of the first to a solo home run off Hunjin Ryu. The Blue Jays were able to score three thanks to a Bo Bichette RBI single and a Davis Schneider two-run home run to give the Blue Jays a 3-1 lead. They would add two more in the fourth before making things interesting until they got to the seventh where they put up another three spot, thanks in large to part two. Another Davis Schneider RBI and Dalton Varsho has actually been continuing his hot ways that we talked about last episode, had a couple RBIs here as well. The Blue Jays win this one eight to three and a heartbreaker Riley that happened Sunday afternoon. The Blue Jays went back and forth, took a two nothing lead. Then they were down two. Then they were up by one. Thanks to a Davis Schneider two run home run just to give up two in the eighth, but just to tie it in the bottom half. Thanks to Dalton Varsho to ultimately not being able to get a winning run across in the ninth or the uh, zombie runner in the 10th and ultimately give up four in the top of the 11th and can only muster one in the bottom half to lose this game 10-7. to seven. So we kind of touched on it already, but after the series, Riley, the Blue Jays are 10 and a half games back in the AL East. That's not happening. We are not winning that. And we're two and a half games back of Houston now for the last and final wildcard spot with um, very close there between Houston, Texas, and Seattle. So we kind of need those teams to beat up on each other just a little bit. But still, Blue Jays on the outside looking in, Riley. So... Player performances. Who do you want to talk about first? Who's got your attention? Well, let's let's just you know let's do sunshine and rainbows. Let's 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 because it is a little gloomy out with this uh, with the state of this team as of right now. Let's talk about a young player who has stepped up this year and has probably had one of the best starts to a Blue Jays career out of anybody. Davis Schneider. Mm -hmm. uh, two home runs in this series. He, uh, as you say, single-handedly beat the Guardians in game number two with three RBIs and three runs scored. He, uh, He's a great hitter. He is one of the a few players that um, on this team that you feel confident in with his plate appearances, as young and inexperienced as he is, because there was a time where he looked like he was on a bad slide with his swing and miss and stuff. But, hey, it's like you're going to go through some hiccups. You're going to have to make some adjustments at the major league level. And um, I feel like Davis Schneider has done a really good job. I don't know, Jesse, if it's kind of – um, having a lot of confidence or not understanding the stakes, but he seems like a very comfortable player at mm -hmm. the MLB logo. And I think that's very important when he takes his plate appearances. Um, you would never know by looking at him that he is, you know, very much a freshie in the MLB. You would say, yeah, he's probably maybe played three or four years. You know, the way he handles a uh, plate appearance. Uh, I think that uh, he's an extremely bright spot in this team right now. Yeah, um, and Jesse, I'm going to just nip this in the butt right here. Like he has to, at this point, after this series, if he doesn't play every day, 
I don't want John Schneider managing this team if he's not going to put go. Absolutely. This is this is this is a no brainer at this point, Jesse. This is a no brainer. This is where we needed to start the episode talking about. Listen, we lost. We lost the series and David Schneider is still red hot. He needs to be in this lineup when we play the next series uh, and beyond until he goes on a major slide. Look, we Whit Merrifield went on a slide. And we kept him in the leadoff spot for some time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying move David Schneider up in the order, but his bat needs to be in this Blue Jays lineup because he's actually not only is he winning us ball games, he's giving us a chance to win those ball games that we're losing late in games, which yes. I don't want to have happen. But at least, at least he's producing runs, man. And that's that's something not every single Blue Jay in the nine can say. Like, isn't it ridiculous? This Toronto Blue Jays team has really struggled off the plate on offense. And then we call up a guy who immediately sets a record his first week up in the big leagues. And then we play him four times in Cleveland or three times in Cleveland. And we just decide to let him sit on the bench. I think that is so dumb that you don't even know your own team if you're going to do that. And I think it goes to show when they put Davis Schneider in the lineup, he was hitting third, fourth, fifth, like On the days he plays, you have him hitting there. Clearly, you think he is one of your top half of the order bats. And if you think David Schneider is one of your top of the order bats, then why in the world is he not playing every day? I'm with you, Riley. Like I think this is ridiculous. And on top of that, too, like, yes, I know the Blue Jays haven't faced a lot of lefties, but do we really need to see more Kevin Biggio? Like, I get it. I know he was good for a stretch there, and he does make some good plays. Fine. But I think you and I are agreeing, even against the lefty, we want to see David Schneider more than we want to see Kevin Biggio. And especially oh, more than I, Espinal, like don't even get me started. Oh, on don't even know. You want to talk? Yeah, there's, there's, and if we're playing on the who's on second, and we played it last year for about four months, or you know, even this year, who's on second with Wit and and Cav and Espinal? Well, I mean, Wits can Wit can play the outfield now. He's got some versatility, and David Schneider actually had a, a minute in there in left field in this series, but still have him on second base. And uh, Springer DH and can move Wit in the outfield and whatever else. We're set. We, we're pretty well set. Espinal, in my opinion, Scott, like, I want him nowhere Done. near the field Done. right Send now. Send him to the moon. Yep. <laughs> like, I mean, but all I'm saying, like, all in all, I think without bashing any of our own, like, I, I, like, I don't care who's out of the – I do care who's out of the lineup for to make a spot for David Schneider. But the guys he's competing against for a spot, like, it's David Schneider every day. Righty, lefty, doesn't matter. Bat him six, seven. I don't care. Put him in the lineup because he's hitting the ball. He hasn't shown us that he's not capable. He's only he is capable. So why I don't know why we're having this runaround, Jesse. And you nailed it exactly. You want to put a guy in the lineup that's third. I mean, that guy who's hitting third in your lineup is an everyday player. This mm-hmm. isn't some weird, cruel test. I mean. Plain and simple. I'll stop it right here because it sounds like a broken record. David Schneider's yeah. got to be hitting for us, or I don't want John Schneider managing this team and making those decisions because that those aren't smart managerial moves. You can't explain those. Those are inexplainable moves. He needs to play. Yeah, Riley, I can't wait to clip the hell out of that one and uh, put that up there. But I agree with you. You've got it. Just one more note on David Schneider, just to put in that how good he has been, Riley. Since this for the second half of the season. Uh, David Schneider has played 11 games. He has, a, uh, I think, 12 RBIs now. That is more RBIs in the second half than Kevin Kiermaier, Bo Bichette, Matt Chapman, Santiago Espinal, Alejandro Kirk, and Kevin Biggio. And he's done this in 11 games where those people have done it since the All-Star break. If that's not proof you need this guy in your lineup to get more thump, I don't know what is. 
But uh, we've made our case on Davis Schneider. I think all of Blue Jays Nation knows about Davis Schneider. Get him in the lineup more, and this team will perform better. Another player, though, Riley, to moving on to something else now, is George Springer, who really caught my attention in this series here. He went deep in game one. He went deep again in game three, and he had a shot, Riley, in the bottom of the eighth inning. He hit at 400 feet, dead center, top of the wall, and just didn't go over. You could tell he really wanted that. Maybe just a, if he pulled it just a touch, where he put that over there, the Blue Jays win this game, and our tone of the episode is completely different. He also made a catch in right center field, Riley, which was vintage George Springer. might have been one of the second or third best outfield catches the Blue Jays have had this year, and we know how good the Blue Jays outfield defense has been. George Springer, to me, um, and he, he's 17 home runs, 17 stolen bases now, too, so he's almost 20-20, which would be the second time in his career he's done that. He's got that itch, that drive, that go-to factor. Like He doesn't want to be the reason this Blue Jays team isn't succeeding, and I've noticed that out of George Springer more than I think I've noticed that out of any other member on the Toronto Blue Jays that he is determined to do his part, at least, to get this team to the promised land. George Springer will be a 2020 player come season's end. Mm. Do you know why, Jesse? Because this is a new George Springer. This is a resurgence for a guy who I was very unsure of last year. Um, And honestly, if you were to replay the career of George Springer, I think he could possibly win multiple gold gloves out in right field. I feel like he does a great job at tracking the ball from that. And you know what? It helps when you're six foot four to lay out for balls like that. He has a great, (laughs) uh, if you want to say a guy has, I don't know if this is a real term. A guy has a good vertical jump. He has a great horizontal uh, jump leaving his legs. He's a very, he's a very athletic guy. And um, Jesse, I wish he hit that home run today. Me yeah, too. The, the, the tone of the episode changes. The wild card standings look a little bit different. And, you know, it possibly makes me feel a ton better because we're playing 500 baseball over our last six games. And we're simply not doing that right now. But as far as what Springer did in this series, he supplied great power. Um, he's surprised. I, he's surprising me on the base pass. I'm sure he's surprising a lot of people. And his defense looked great. Like the tools that he is and they, like what he can produce for this team. He's not the reason. I know he doesn't want to be the reason we lose, but it's that's he simply just won't. It's not factoring in. He's he's too valuable to this team, even with that horrific drought we still managed to win ball games without him i know there was a time when he was first on this club around the covid shortened season where we just couldn't win without him now mm-hmm. we're at a now we're at a point where we've won games without him being a, a prime factor in those games like george springer has simply been above average for most of this year and it's equaled out that we watching this games and we watching George Springer that like he's he's, he's he, the season for, you know, at the start of the year, I'm not thinking too much about George Springer as far as his individual accolades and individual stats. But he's set to have a tremendous year, the best, probably his best season as a Blue Jay. And as far in every category, defense base running and, you know, maybe not in the OBP department, maybe not in the OPS, but all around, this is a great season for George Springer. And he is not a reason we're losing and he's keeping us in ball games. Riley, let's talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And he did hit a home run in this series. It was good to see, but that's 20 on the year right now, Riley. And his MVP season and caliber season in 2021, I think he had 35 at this point going into that time. And uh, this is uh, something I brought up mid-season that I haven't talked about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. yet, but he's our team leader too at 20 home runs. The Blue Jays become the 27th team in baseball to get a player to 20 home runs. 
That is terrible. That is not how this team was built. The Blue Jays were supposed to mash. The outfield dimensions at Rogers Center changing were supposed to increase offense for this team. And frankly, it just simply hasn't. And this is a game we are playing midseason. I'm just going to read off like four or five guys, Riley, who have more home runs this year than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Oh, do it. I was thinking about this all day. And I hope these names are guys that weigh 175 pounds, man. Read them off to me. Yeah, so this is coming into the game today when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. only had 19. He did hit his 20th home run of the season today. But um, yeah, uh, Glaber Torres of the Yankees, who's having a pretty miserable year, has yep. 20 home runs. Sure, yep. Eddie Rosario, who I'm pretty sure is a part-time player, has 20 home runs this year. Mm-hmm. Jack Suwinski of the Pirates has more home runs than him. Two rookies, Gunnar Henderson, Corbin Carroll, have more home runs than Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, what else? Nolan Gorman, Cal Rally, you know, some guys having good seasons. Yes. But Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Should be better than all of these players on this list. Well, he, he absolutely is. Corbin Carroll might be the most inexcusable one. I mean, he's a speed guy. Henderson, um, my, is making a case for AL rookie of the year. Cal Rally is going to be a guy that's going to hit a ton of, switch hit home runs and yeah, 95%, <laughs> 95% of them from the left side of the plate. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's Jesse, these numbers are, are inexcusable and uh, Hey, it's not like when they hit a home run, we don't hit one. Like we can hit as many home runs as they can, Jesse. We're just, we're but just we not doing we're I, I know that's like, that's the point, man. We are uh, like, as far as teams, I don't know around the league. There's probably teams that are underperforming as far as the power department go. There's no way that anyone is under expectation as much as the Toronto Blue Jays as as far as that goes, at least for our superstars. I mean, the amount of home runs that Kiermaier has and, you know, and David Schneider are actually are adding to our to our team totals. But the guys that should have home runs um, just aren't producing like I, I honestly. At this point in the year, let's just call it September 1st with a month left. I know that's not the case. These next couple games, you know, could really go in our favor and we could put on a lot of runs. But, I mean, I was really hoping by season's end I could say, oh, Varsho had a 20 home run. Chapman had 20 home runs. Springer, Bichette, Guerrero. I feel like those, those how many other guys did I named? Five or six. Yeah. They should all have at least 20 home runs. As far as the 30 home run category goes, maybe just Vladdy. I would have loved to see chat. Yeah, no, I'm saying what the expectations are, though, Jesse. Jesse, I tweeted out today, like, I don't think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to hit 30 home runs. I am am dead set on that. As far as 20 home runs, guys, go. Bo Bo will get there. Bo will absolutely get there. And I think Springer is going to get there, too. As far as other guys, like, Chavin's out because he hurt his middle finger again. And Varsho has just been far too streaky. Um, like, we might have three guys with 20 home runs come season's end. Oh, Belt but might Dan- get there, but yeah. yeah. Belt might get there, too, but he might also... They, those seven of those hits might be doubles or something right. because you never know what... And then there's a guy like Danny Jansen because he could, he, he could get there. He could easily get there if he played, but um, we'll, we'll see. Hey. You know what? For the uh, personal, I just care if we win games, mm-hmm. but we're we're still just lacking power, man. I know that you know home runs are, fl- are flashy things; they get you paid big money in Major League Baseball, and people d- people come to the ballpark to watch home runs. I mean, uh, you know, as far as the the more um, 
tedious fans like you and I, Jesse, who, you know, also like the, the smaller things in baseball. It's like, you know, NASCAR fans that go to a race just to watch the crash. There's the same kind of people who go to a baseball game just to see the long ball. No one on the Blue Jays is exploding with home runs right now. We're really missing that this year. It's not only affecting the stats on their baseball card, man. It's affected us. Uh, you know, through the course of this season. And, and that's where the problem is, right? right and it's a, it's a huge issue, man, because Jesse, this team is built around that. We changed our stadium for a reason. I don't know if it's for the aesthetics, it's a beautiful ballpark now, but I mean, there's a huge hole in this team's game and that's, that's part of the reason. Riley, out of Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s 20 home runs this season, how many of them do you think he's hit off the fastball that he hit to the pole side? A fastball he's hit to the pole side. For a home um, run, yeah. Uh, let's say four, two. He's done it twice, two. Riley. And if you're not mm. attacking the fastball, what are you doing? Waiting. Yeah. You're <laughs> sitting around waiting, Jesse. Yeah, exactly. And that's why he's having the season he is having here. Um, let's get into some news and notes here. The blue Jays did actually get bit with the injury bug a little bit here. Bobachet left game three. It seemed to be that quad injury that he just went from the IL, uh, on has reflared up again. John Schneider just did say, Spent a little too much stress on it. He has been playing every day since he came back. He was removed and is considered day-to-day for the time being. Same with Matt Chapman and his finger injury, which you mentioned earlier that he hurt in the weight room. He said it flared up a little bit on him um, with finger inflammation. He is also considered day-to-day. Eric Swanson threw a pitch and then immediately went down and grabbed his back. I think he has some type of spinal injury. He's been put on the IL. Jay Jackson was recalled and promptly got the loss in game three today. John Schneider does seem to think it is only a minimum 15-day IL stint for him. And then just some other things that caught my attention here. Tim Meza gave up his first earned run since mid-June. You know, that's what happens when you walk the leadoff, man. Don't do that. Other stuff. So out of those things there, Riley, is there something major that catches your attention? Let's I'm just going to run through it right now. We can't afford to lose both for an extended period of time. I will just say that. Correct. Chapman Chapman has 148 strikeouts on the season and not enough power to back that up. And as far as hey, 30 percent, dude, he's he's the the guy on my back, man. Matt Chapman is my favorite player in all baseball has been for five years now, has been since 2018. He's been my favorite ball player. And he's having a god-awful year. He even had a couple errors. Um, he's not going to hurt us being out of the lineup, but we, I would sure like to see him back. Tim Meza, before leaving that game, had an outing where he struck out three batters in, the row, in a row, didn't allow a base runner. Meza's not a, t- a guy who strikes a ton of guys. Or sorry, uh, Eric Swanson had an appearance before he was removed and struck out three hitters in a row. That, I love to see that because he's not a guy who typically gets a ton of swing and miss. And, uh, yeah, we lose him at the wrong time. And then as far as the uh, Jay Jackson blown goes, yeah, he gets he gets called up and, you know, gets kind of thrown in the fire and he got burned big time. Tim Meza is still an elite left-handed relief pitcher in Major League Baseball. Yeah. I think – I think. I think that's I I think it sucks they didn't get an out recorded, um, but I still have all the confidence in the world. I'm still rolling with Tim Tim Meza in a lot of different situations. Man, he's been stellar this year in our bullpen. So am I. Um, I don't want to go talk about this at all, really, but I just have to mention it on the show. Santiago Espinal in game three today got a 3-0 pitch, a massive red light, especially when it puts the go-ahead run into scoring position for your big boys. He swung at it, missed it, went to three and one, and then he promptly hit into an inning-ending double play. And then he made an error on defense in the next thing. I think we mentioned it earlier, but he can go anytime. Thank you for the all-star appearance last year. 
you know, you did great. The Blue Jays don't go on that run in 2021 without you, Espinal, but I'd say it's time for you to go. Yeah, uh, we just, hey, in, in this clubhouse right now, and yes, Biggio has not been as hot as he was, but he has far more versatility than Santiago Espinal. And um, it, he has, there's no way that Calvin Biggio makes that same a plate appearance. As you said before, if that's a grounding into double play situations, Jesse, who on this team is not grounded into a double play? Calvin Biggio. Being Calvin Biggio. Yep. So you tell me um, who, you know, with the way that David Schneider's been and Whit Merrifield being a staple on this team out of those two, you know, if one has to go bye bye. Because at some point, hey, at some point in his career with Calvin, like I'm not going to, I'm not saying I think he's going to Blue Jay, going to be a Blue Jay forever. I think he's going to go home. To, to, to Texas and either play for Houston or the Rangers is my thought with how his career is going to shape up sure. and hope, hope he has success that way. But for, for what we need right now, um, it's the answer is not Santiago Espinal, sadly. Uh, one year removed from an all-star appearance. And actually, if my, if my memory serves me, Jesse, his second, the second half of last year until right now for Espinal has not been good. He had a good first half in 2022. I'll give the guy that. But he's not what this team needs right now, mm-hmm. uh, especially feeding into the airs on defense. Because Vladdy had two airs. Chapman booted a ball around and then made a bad play. He's made Matt Chapman's made a bad play in I think each of the last three series. He has, yeah. I uh, uh, whether it was detrimental to a loss or not, I can't think that hard and that far back. But we, the way we've been playing on defense lately in the infield. In the infield, because our outfield has been fantastic. We don't need Espinal contributing to booting balls around. He he doesn't just look at Matt Chapman. Chapman loses a handle on a ball that he gets 99% of the time. Sure. Then Espinal goes, ah, uh, well, I, you know, I'll let it happen to me. You know, you got to like bear down. And when you watch your teammate make an error, you you do not follow up with an error. Yeah, especially That's when just, you're on the fringe of the uh, roster too, right? Like you need to show you can do this or else you're going to Buffalo. Yeah, and we missed the series against the Orioles. Um, I'll say this just because this is the only takeaway from the Orioles series that I actually cared about was that if Bo Bichette was on shortstop, he maybe makes the play. He also had his best um, defensive play as a Blue Jay in oh, that agreed, Baltimore series. Yep. If you haven't look, if you haven't looked at it, it was in Game One of the series where Brandon Belt won it for us in extras, basically um, in the bottom of the ninth. Bo Bichette, amazing backhand stab. I don't know how he got any power behind that throw to first, uh, but ba- virtually, I'm not going to call it a game saver, but it's the next closest thing to a game saving. Uh, put out man it was it was a heck of a play and um yeah we can't miss full bichette and espinal just isn't the guy yeah we're running out of time here so we don't have much time to discuss the starting pitchers performances in this series i'll just read out their lines you say kikuchi six innings pitch six hits four earned runs two walks eight strikeouts hunjin ryu was good gave up two home runs but five innings pitch four hits those two home runs no walks five strikeouts i liked his start the best out of the three and then chris bassett five and two thirds innings pitch seven hits four earned runs two walks five strikeouts 30 seconds or less, Riley. Do you have a thought on any other performances today? Same with you, Jesse. Bassett could be a lot better. Um, Brio, same deal um, for me. Yeah, Hunjin Ryu has been uh, a surprise the heck out of me, and I hope he can keep this up because he's really filling a big hole in this rotation right now. Excellent. So, Riley, we talked at the start of the season, or the start of the episode here, that the Blue Jays need to go on a run. 
And the schedule does lighten up a little bit. So at least there is that. Our next four series, Riley, at home against the Washington Nationals, on the road in Coors Field against the Colorado Rockies. We're going to your second home, Riley, the Oakland A's Stadium out at the Coliseum, and then back home against the Kansas City Royals. All teams that are either second worst or last in their respective divisions, Riley. What's our expectation? What's our record here against these four teams? Well, Jesse, I, assuming they're all three games set. I think they are, but let uh, me confirm that. Uh, um, basically like if we could walk away with three losses in the whole, in the whole shebang, that'd be great. If we could sweep, if we could sweep one of these series and win the rest of them with one loss in each of those series, um, preferably we, we sweep the game, the four game series. That would be, that would be feel great. Yeah. Three um, against all of them. So 12 games, 12 games. I would love to go. I would love to go 10 and two. If we go nine and three, I'll be feeling pretty damn good. Anything less than that. It gets it gets excruciatingly um, wor- worse reaction from there. So if we're seven and five. Seven and five is not good enough. Seven and five. I'm still ripping my hair out, man. Yeah. Seven and five. I'm still. We we are not. Yes, we are above five hundred in that stretch. But at this point in the year, a stretch like that, we need to we need to go on a run, buddy. Mm-hmm. We need to go on a run, man. Twelve and zero is is perfection. I want to see if we could if we could if we're nine and three that would be amazing. I I I don't know what I expect though. It can happen. It can happen, Jesse. Yeah, because after that we get Texas, Boston, Yankees, Tampa, Yankees, Tampa. So we've really got to make our statement wow. here in this series here to wrap up the season to prove that the Toronto Blue Jays are going to be a playoff team, Riley. Before I get into episode one twenty nine and the cool Blue Jays stats to end the episode here, was there anything else you wanted to make sure we mentioned about this series in Cleveland? No, uh, let's forget about like, hey, like you said, we got some we got some maybe some, you know, competition here in the next couple weeks that hasn't had the best success. We should jump all over that, man. That's all I'm going to say. Let's put this Cleveland series behind us and let's start the train rolling and let's start it rolling tomorrow. Yep, I agree. One thousand percent. That'll do it for episode here today, guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Please make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, all that fun stuff. Our numbers are growing, and we want you to be part of the first 500. So if you like what you heard here from Riley and I, or if you are a positive Blue Jays fan or a negative Blue Jays fan, hell, we'll take you too. Come on aboard and come join us in the rest of this episode. To end this episode, though, we're going to do what we've done for every single episode. This is 129 of Buds and Blue Jays. So I've been giving some fun little Toronto Blue Jays-related stats with the episode 129, and there are some familiar names in this list. List. Number 129 is the amount of home runs our old friend Teoscar Hernandez has hit as a Toronto Blue Jay. Number 129 is the amount of starts that Marcus Stroman made in his Blue Jays career. And number 129 is the Blue Jays single is the all-time hit by pitch leader, and that belongs to Dave Steeb, who has hit 129 batters in his big league career. But Riley, the fun part, and I think we're gonna have fun with these two names here. Number 129 on hitter war and pitching war. And Riley, I kind of cheated for the hitting war one because the player I'm going to read is actually 127, because the number of 129 is a guy who just keeps fluctuating up there. So I'm gonna try to get you to guess this player. And if you want okay. it, Riley, or yeah, I, I would love, I could, there's no way I could name out of the thousands of players that have walked into this organization. I'll need a decade and maybe a position. I'm going to tell you, he is a blue Jay currently on the roster right now. And this is a hitter. This is a hitter. Yep. This He's is just a hitter moved that... into 127 on the franchise history list of position player board. And he just he has been bouncing around with a couple guys. So let's go with um is this um 
is this possibly Santiago Espinal? No, it, it is not. His number would have dropped a little bit. Um, he is around this range, though, Riley. Uh, he's a second baseman slash left fielder. We've talked oh, about him wet, a lot this wet episode. Whit Merrifield. Oh, no, it's not Whit Merrifield. Try again. S- second baseman. What? Davis Schneider, then? Davis Schneider is 127 what? on wow. position player war. He's moving Toronto up Blue in Jays. the world. He's almost top 100, man. Mm-hmm. And that was coming into the game today where he added three more hit bucks, extra base hits, and another home run. I bet you that number is higher. In his 11 games played, Riley, he's already accumulated one full war on fan graphs, and that doesn't even include his defense, which has been lackluster, so... I've been impressed with David Schneider, and I thought when I saw that number on there, that was quite impressive. And then on the pitching side, Riley, number 129 in pitching war. This was a relief pitcher. He pitched from the Blue Jays from 2004 through 2009 before moving to the Dodgers, Riley. Blue Jay for six years and, and from our childhood era. This, I believe, is Jason Frazier. Not Jason Frazier, but definitely Ooh. that era. Jason Frazier Ooh. was a closer, got a lot of saves. So 2004 um, to 2009 and not Jason Frazier. Pitched in the bullpen with Jason Frazier quite a bit. He was a ooh, he was a right-hander, 6'2 right-hander. I remember this guy threw pretty hard. He was above his time as a hard thrower. 6'2 right-hander. Wow, I'm drawing a blank, and if it's not a lefty, it's not B.J. Ryan. No. So I didn't mean, get many saves. He was definitely a middle reliever for the team, but it's a name, you know, it's a, I know it's a name I know, and it's going to stump me. And there's probably people screaming. It's probably a good immaculate grade one. And oh, oh, um, but, but, but I know this one for the Dodgers. Uh, it's not Morrow. Not Brandon Morrow. He closed for the Cubs. He was a starter for the Blue Jays for a while. Yeah, I know he was a starter. All right, Jesse. It was just taking too much time. Yeah. Give me the answer, and then let me hit myself in the head. <laughs> uh, Brandon League. Was the guy Brandon Lee yeah. uh, battled injuries for quite a while? That's you know what? It's funny. I I won't hurt myself too much on this one. I know Brandon League be in and Morrow. It gets me screwed up because their first names are so are mm-hmm. similar, or right. some would call it the same. Um, and they were pitching around the same time. One guy in the bullpen, one guy starter. But yeah, I I don't feel so bad about that. Yes, if I do that again, maybe with um. You know, more of a level head, maybe I do better. But yeah. Yeah. Brandon League's Blue Jay career was wild. At 2005, ERA over six, then under three, then over six, then under two, and then, and then 4.38 in his final year at the Blue Jays. Very wild stuff from Brandon League, a name I remember from my childhood. Uh, Riley, anything else to add before we get out of here? Call our episode? No. Nope. Remember to do your Immaculate Grids. Remember to cheer on the Blue Jays. And man, Put David Schneider in the lineup. I'm talking to you, John Schneider. That's right. If you're listening, um, let, John Schneider, please. He will not be listening to this podcast. <laughs> Sadly. He, he should might be. Ben- the team would run better might, if he did. He might benefit from it. And we're not the only ones screaming at him for that. And I think I think we're pretty easy. We're definitely, you know, pretty conservative in what we say in on the light side of the Blue Jays. But honestly, I want if John Schneider doesn't play David Schneider. Uh, like enough in the next series, then I probably want him gone. It's that's a huge mess, Jesse. And I hope that isn't the case. That's just we need to win some ball games, man. Amen. And let's start tomorrow. That'll do it for episode here, guys. We'll see you after the national series to hopefully recap a sweep and a winning series for our Toronto Blue Jays. Thanks, guys.